The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus entered a village where a woman whose name was Martha welcomed him. She had a sister named Mary who sat beside the Lord at his feet listening to him speak. Martha, burdened with much serving, came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me by myself to do the serving? Tell her to help me. The Lord said to her in reply, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and worried about many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, and it will not be taken from her. The Gospel of the Lord. My dear people, on this 16th Sunday in Ordinary Time, the liturgy gives us some themes of familiarity, of closeness, of proximity of God with his people. And like many, many things we see in the Old Testament, through the light of the New Testament, they become more clear. They are often uh, preparation moments or symbols for what is to come in the fulfillment of time when Jesus walked the earth. So in the first reading, we have Abraham and Sarah, and they're visited by God. These three mysterious figures um, come to him, and Abraham is moved to invite them to spend time with him and Sarah. And he welcomes them into his humble home. And the, those mysterious figures, those mysterious men, figures of the Blessed Trinity, accept that invitation. And, and, they, and he spend, God spends time with Abraham and his wife. And in that exchange, he blesses both of them and says, that in a year from now, you will, Sarah will be with child. The Blessed Trinity, God the Almighty, coming into Abraham's home. And we know he is our father in faith. So he was chosen by God for all generations to prepare the way in faith of our new relationship with our creator. Then we have in the gospel, uh, Jesus, the second person of the Blessed Trinity. God himself taking upon our, our human nature. In all things but sin, how, how much closer could the Almighty be to us by becoming one of us? But he does it. And in the life of Jesus, we see that he has intentionally, more than once, chosen God. Jesus did not do anything uh, flippantly. Everything was intentional. And he was always faithful to his Father's will. He made time to go to this humble abode of Martha and Mary and their brother Lazarus. If we read the Gospels, when Jesus visits uh, this family, um, there aren't occasions recorded where he's preaching to great multitudes. Um, At the death of Lazarus, he goes to raise him from the dead. That's pretty special. (laughs) But when he goes to spend time with them as a family... It seems like Jesus just likes to be with them. That they are, have a special place, you could say, in his heart. If you ever, ever, ever have the opportunity to go to the Holy Land on a pilgrimage, even it may take, it may take years of saving and sacrifice to, to do it, it's worthwhile. 
And in all the beautiful uh, basilicas and churches and places there, this humble home of Martha, Mary, and Lazarus still exists. And it's, it's a church, a church built upon the place. And it's not very impressive at all. And many uh, pilgrimage groups skip it. It's not, it's not as beautiful and decorated and visited even. But it is a place where Jesus went to visit because he felt at home with these three people. So one thing the liturgy is drawing out for us this Sunday is God's desire to be close to us. The Almighty, the creator of the universe, and our judge, and our savior, desires to be close to us. What does that do for us? What does that make us feel? What do we think about that? And a challenge could be to ask ourselves this Sunday, um, what does it do for me, or what does it, how does it make me feel when I recall the truth that whether I'm a friend of Jesus or not, whether I'm full of faith like Abraham or not, I'm still always in the presence of God. God knows everything about my life at all times. Whether I'm aware of him or not, he is aware of me and he wants to be. What does that do? What does that stir up inside of me? You know, for some people, it can stir up things like big brothers always watching. Like God, he knows everything. Or there's a fear. I'm going to get in trouble. He knows when I'm bad, you know. And what does that could reveal? That could reveal, right, that I'm still, that we all inherit from original sin, that we're trust in our creator died in the hearts of man, the catechism says. Um, that I'm still under the influence of that original wound that burns away or erodes the, at the filial trust of God. And then I begin to fear him. And it's not a holy fear. It's a fear of like a slave being afraid of, of the master, what the master can do because the master is powerful and he's going to catch me, he's going to punish me, or I'm going to, etc. It could reveal that. But there are other people too when they reflect on this truth that no matter what I'm doing, no matter if I'm aware of him or not, I'm living in God's presence. It's a sense of relief, of comfort. Like, thank God I'm never alone. He hasn't abandoned me. I'm not, I'm not out here on my own, but God is with me always. And it can be a source of comfort and compassion and strength and light and guidance. So those are two extremes, but if we reflect on that truth and it stirs up the, the second kind of sensation, then we need to ask for the grace, right, to, Lord, please move me into the camp of the first one, or of the one of confidence. I think I got that backwards. But anyway, you understand. <laughs> I always live in God's presence. But then we look at these passages, passages here. Jesus, the man, the human being. Jesus liked Martha and Mary. He loved them. He loved everyone, even his enemies. But he took time to go to this home because he loved them and he received love from them. It was reciprocal. 
We are made for relationships. Because we're made in God's image and likeness, who is Trinity, a communion of persons in love. When we enter in relationships, we become more fully alive. And when they're holy and healthy, even better. And Jesus also, in this, was not exempt in his humanity to have relationships out of love and friendship. That's something for us to reflect on. And as we see the contrast here between two of these sisters, uh, Martha and Mary, how many times have, have we heard, how many times have, have the saints, how many times have the church fathers used Martha and Mary as the models for the contemplative life and for the active life? And they're both good. Both are canonized saints, right? Martha and Mary, both saints. So Martha was a saint too. It's not like she was second class. She made it too. But at the same time, it shows us here how much this friendship and love with Jesus helped Martha be her real self around Jesus. Martha wasn't living in that, that first example of maybe a, a, a servile fear of God. Always watching He'll catch me. She was her real self. Martha was a busy person. She was active. She got things done. She worried. And she wasn't afraid that Jesus would know that about her when he'd come to visit. She was so confident in the relationship with, with Jesus that she could let her true self be seen. There were no facades. And even she could complain to him about her sister. Jesus, tell her to help me. No. So there's something good about that. Martha has defects like we all do, but she loved God more and knew how she was loved by Jesus more that tempered maybe the natural unholy reaction. God can't see my bad side. I don't want anyone to know about my defects. And she let her come out. And Jesus addressed her. You know, we all have that inside of us. We're all on this process of, of a journey of faith trying to get to heaven. And we have defects, if you don't know. <laughs> we all have them. Don't be afraid to, let, to show them to our Lord, to let the guard down, so that he can address it. He's only going to address it with love because he's love. He's not going to humiliate. That's not God. When he points out our defects, it's to encourage us to keep on going. It's a form of contrition or sorrow that moves us to change. It's not humiliation that leads down to a path of despair where we give up and we stay where we are. And Jesus has told her, Martha, you're anxious, you're worried. So let the liturgy speak to us and be honest with God. What are my current worries? What anxiety do I carry with me on a day-to-day basis? Now, in these days, what do I, when I wake up in the morning, what are the first things that come to me? When I go to bed at night, what are the things I keep with me that come from worry? And talk to our Lord about it. Because anxiousness and worry are not fruits of the Holy Spirit. It's joy, peace. Even though we're all exposed to these things, and it's so easy to absorb anxiousness and worry, God doesn't want us to live in a way that we are controlled by them. If that means I am finding myself worrying about what's going on in the world or in the church or in Rome or in the White House, and all it does is produce anxiety and worry, and I have zero 
control over it, then I have to choose the better part. And I have to turn off the news or, or stop reading whatever. Only thing I can do is pray. And God will hold me accountable for what I have on my plate in, the, in my reality where I live and work and in my relationships. But over there, very little. So why do I let myself go there? Choose the better part. And ask for eyes of faith to see the living Lord who desires to be close to me. As close as a friend to a friend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We come together, gathered here in faith as God's children. Let us now open our hearts to him and place our petitions before the Lord. That the shepherds of the church will proclaim Christ, admonishing and teaching with all wisdom. We pray to the Lord. Lord, For an end to terrorism in the world and for peaceful resolutions to all conflicts between nations, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For the spiritual growth of our parish community, that we may commit ourselves to the truth of the gospel with zeal, self-sacrifice, and hope, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For the souls in purgatory, that through our prayers and sacrifices, they may enter into the glory of heaven. We pray to the Lord. Lord, Today's Mass is being offered for the people of the parish. We pray to the Lord. Lord, For those who are sick or infirm and for their caregivers, that God in his mercy will draw close to them and raise them up. We pray to the Lord. For the repose of the souls of all the faithful departed, that through our prayers and those of the Blessed Mother, they may join the saints in heaven. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May may their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed, through the mercy of God, rest in peace. Loving Father, guide us in right paths and give us courage to face the challenges of life. We ask all of this through Christ our Lord. Amen.